Welcome. Parshas Nitzavim begins with Moshe Rabbeinu gathering the people and telling them that he is going to bring them into a covenant with HaKadosh Baruch And we read, Atem Nitzavim Hayoyim, you, you plural, are standing Hayoyim today, Kulchem, all of you, Lifnei Hashem Elokeichem. You are all standing in front of Hashem, your God. Roshechem, Shivtechem, which Rashi explains to mean the leaders of your Shvatim, the leaders of your tribes, Ziknechem, your elders, Vishaytrechem, and your police officers or court officers, as Rashi explains in a different place, Kol Ish Yisrael, every Jewish person, Tapachem, your little children, Vishechem, your wives, Begercha, Asher Bekeret Machanecha, and your your ger, your convert, who is amongst your camp, from the one who chops your wood to the one who draws your water. So everyone from the greatest leader to the lowliest laborer. There's an uh, extra word here by mistake. We'll remove it. Two extra words. And you are here in order that you should pass into the covenant, in order that you should enter the covenant of Hashem, your God, and also into his curse. You are entering into a relationship with a Kodesh Baruch in which if you do not keep your end of the bargain, you are going to meet with some very unpleasant consequences. And if you do keep to your end of the bargain, you're going to be rewarded uh, very generously. But you are now to enter into this breeze, into this covenant with Hashem your God. That Hashem your God is making with you, He is cutting it, cutting this deal with you today. Laman, in order, in order to establish you today for Himself as a, as a nation. In other words, you will be his nation, his special nation, and he will be for you as a God. As he spoke to you, and as he promised to your forefathers, Rashi here comments, This teaches us that Moshe Rabbeinu gathered the people front of Hashem, on the day of his Moshe Rabbeinu's death, in order to enter them into this breeze. And here we come to what's going to be our first question. How did Rashi know that this took place? Maybe it took place on some other day. But we'll highlight that. Let's continue. That Rashi goes on here and he says a number of different things. Um, they're all uh, obviously important, but they're not what we're going to be talking about in this Shia. But Rashi, a few psukim later in Pasuk Yud base, he begins to reinterpret the first Pasuk. And we'll just see what he says here. He goes on and on and he explains different things about Pasuk um, and then he says, 
Adkan Pirashti Up until here, I have explained according to the simple meaning of the Parsha. This is going to be our question number two. What does Rashi mean with this unusual phrase, Shutai Shal Parsha? We know that Rashi, uh, all over in his entire commentary, he aims to tell us the Shutai Shal Mikra. But he always says those words, Shutai Shal Mikra, the simple meaning of Mikra of scripture. Mikra can mean a pasuk, a verse. But I believe this is the only place where he says, Shutai Shal Parsha. So that's question number two. What does Rashi mean with this phrase, Shutai Shal Parsha? So Rashi says, up till here, I was explaining according to the Pshutai, and now he's going to give us a different interpretation. The Midrash Agada, there is a Midrash, there is a homiletical interpretation. Lama Nismecha Parsha Satem Nitzavim Leklobos. Why was Parsha's Nitzavim juxtaposed? Why is it next to the Parsha of Klobos? Parsha's Kisavai, the majority, the big, the bulk of Parsha's Kisavai is Klobos. They are curses that, that Moshe Rabbeinu told us that if we don't keep the Torah, these various uh, very unfortunate consequences will befall us. Basically, that is the that goes on until the end of Parshas Kisavai. There's a little summary there at the end, a little uh, a little bit of uh, extra material there, but basically that is the bulk and that is the ending of Parshas Kisavai. And now the Torah begins with Atenitz Nitzavim. So the question is, what is the meaning of this juxtaposition? So Rashi says, "Vefisha Shomo Yisrael meyakloles chaser shtayim," because Klal Yisrael heard in Parshas Kisavai a hundred curses minus two. In other words, ninety-eight curses. Why does he use this particular formula? Why doesn't he just say ninety-eight? Instead, Rashi says one hundred minus two. Uh, those who are interested in that question, you can look in the Moscow Ledovity as an interesting answer. That's not our topic for now. But the Klai Yisrael heard 100 minus 2 Klovas, Chutz Mimem Tes Shebeteres Kehanen, besides the 49 that are in Teres Kehanen, meaning in Sefer Vayikra, in Parshas Bechukai Sai. So Hariku Fnehem, their faces turned green. Their faces turned to color. For Amru, when they said, who can stand with these? Uh, who can possibly, we're trapped, we're doomed. Uh, who can possibly, uh, how can we live with such possibilities of consequences? So Yisrael Moshe Lefaisa. So Moshe Rabbeinu began to appease them. And he said, Atem Nitzavim Hayat, you are standing here today. Meaning, we'll read the Rashi in a moment, but we'll introduce it. Meaning, Thank God you're still standing. You are you're the kind of people that we have to warn you very, very severely that you must behave. And that if you don't behave, you're going to get it over the head. I mean, really in a very awesome way. You have the potential of being really rotten. And yet you're still standing. So take, take, take some, 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 some encouragement from that. Rashi says, A lot you have caused anger to Hashem. You have caused a lot of anger to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You've done many things that are, that would tend to anger someone. 
And yet Hashem did not do to you or did not do with you cloya, destruction. He didn't he did not destroy you. And behold, you are still standing in front of him. Okay. And Rashi continues. Hayyim, you are standing here today. Hayyim, Hazeh, you are standing here like this day. Shuhukayim, you are like the day which stands, which exists. And the day darkens and lightens. The sun goes down, the sun goes up. It's light in the daytime. It's dark at nighttime. So, so who has given you light, so he has illuminated you. And so in the future, he is going to enlighten you and he's going to give you light. In between, there may be some darkness, if you deserve it. The clothes by Yisurin and the curses and the punishments, they are Mekayim you, they they cause you to endure, they allow you to endure, and they cause you to stand up in front of a Kodesh world. Meaning the Kolois and the Yisurim are, in a certain way, good for you. Uh, simple meaning is probably what it says in the Sifse Chachamim, that, that because we know that if we misbehave, the consequences are going to be very unpleasant, so therefore we behave and we merit to continue to exist. Now, Ba'afa Parsha, okay, we can skip that, those few lines in Rashi. But we see here a question, a third question. Rashi, in this second shot, in this second approach, uh, seems to be reinterpreting what does it mean, Atem Nitzavim Hayyim. According to the first explanation, Atem Nitzavim Hayyim means that Maishu Rabbeinu gathered them to, to, uh, to make a breeze with, between them and a Kodesh world. According to the Midrash Agada, according to this second explanation, that's not the point. The point is, is that they just heard um, all of the Klobites, and they were very frightened and nervous about that. So Maishu Rabbeinu said to them, Atem Nitzavim look, you're still here. Despite all of the threats, and despite all of the misbehavior that you have committed, but you're still here. So you see, there's, there's hope for you. Okay. But then why does Rashi reinterpret the word Hayyim? Instead of saying Hayyim means Biyayim Maisai, the Moshe Rabbeinu was giving this speech on the day of his death. Rashi now says Hayyim means Hayyim. It means not that you are standing here on this date. It means you're standing here bright like the day. Why does Rashi do that? Why does he reinterpret the word Hayyim? Okay, that's question number three. Let's continue. Now, Rashi keeps on going. Pardon me. We'll put this into Rashi print to make it. Whoops. No. Okay, now Rashi continues. He says, another, another explanation. Atem Nitzavim, you are standing. Because Klai Yisrael at this time was going out from one leader 
to another leader. They were going from Moshe to Yeshua. Therefore, also he made them into a matseva, meaning he made them into one standing group. He put them all together, all in one place, and he spoke to them. Kidei lizarzom, in order to be mizaras, in order to encourage them and to and to urge them to behave properly. So Yeshua did before he passed away. Shmuel, and so too Shmuel did this when he was handing over the leadership to Shoal. Rashi quotes the Pasuk in Sefer Shmuel. This Yatsvu, stand here, like the word Nitzavim, the Eschem, and I will judge with you. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a tough talk with you. We're gonna talk about whether you have behaved or not. When did he do this? When they were leaving his hand, meaning when they were leading, leaving his leadership and entering under the leadership of Shaul. And we now have question number four. Question number four is, according to this last explanation, this Dover Acher, how does Rashi interpret the word Hayyim? We know that his first interpretation of the word Hayyim was the Yom His second interpretation of the word Hayyim essentially was, not essentially, he says it clearly, Hayyim means Kayyim. You are like the day. You are like the sunlight that, that comes and goes. And according to the third shot, Rashi doesn't exactly say what Hayyim means. So that's our question number four. What would be the meaning of Hayyim according to the last explanation? In summary, I'd like to discuss four questions. Question number one. How does Rashi know in his first shot that Atem Nitzavim means Biyayim Moisai? Does he know that? Maybe it was taking place on some other day. Question number two. Why does Rashi use this unusual phrase, Pshutai Shal Parsha? He refers to his first explanation as Pshutai Shal Parsha. Usually Rashi says Pshutai Shal Mikra. Question number three. Why does Rashi have to reinterpret the word Hayyim when he comes to the Midrash? And it's a very uh, Midrashic interpretation of the word Hayyim. Hayyim is Kayyim. Okay. And question number four. According to Rashi's last explanation, according to his Dabar Acher, what is the meaning of the word Hayyim? Let's begin with questions number one and two. They essentially go together. We'll see. That's questions that don't necessarily go together. The answer that I'm going to give can answer them both together. So question number one is, how did Rashi know that that Moshe Rabbeinu gathered the people to give them this, this speech about Tem Nitzavim, how does Rashi know that it happened on the day of Moshe Rabbeinu's death? Mizrahi, Rabbi Eliyahu Mizrahi, the great super commentary on Rashi, raises this question. And he says that Rashi knew it from the word Hayyim that's in the Pasuk. This word, Tem Nitzavim Hayyim, says the Mizrahi, it seems to be a little bit superfluous, maybe a lot superfluous. 
because imagine if I, uh, if I would gather some of my uh, friends and relatives, I would gather them together and I say, uh, okay, hello everybody, I have a very important announcement. I am bequeathing my $20 million between you, you 10 people standing here. That's when they know it's a joke. But imagine I would say, instead of saying, I have some news for you, I'm bequeathing all of my wealth to you. Imagine if I said, hello, everybody, I have gathered you here today. What is really the meaning of the word today? You're here now. You're not here yesterday. You're probably not going to be here tomorrow. But obviously, it, mean, it is today. So the word today is superfluous. So Rashi wanted to know, what is that word, what is that word telling us? doesn't seem to be telling us anything. And Rashi found his answer at the beginning of Rashi's Vayelach. Now, Rashi's Vayelach has, really is, is one Parsha together with Nitzavim. And Rashi's Nitzavim is very, very short. So he really found it just a little bit ahead of us in, in the Torah. What does it say there at the beginning of Parshas Vayelach? The Yemer Alehem, went to the people and he said to them, Ben Mea Ve'esrim Shona Anerchi Ayyem, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come back in. I can no longer do what I need to do. And therefore, I'm taking leave and I'm handing over the leadership to Yeshua. What does it mean over there? A person walks up to you and says, I'm 93 years old. Well, he means today, no? I mean, he doesn't mean I was 93 10 years ago. He doesn't mean I'm going to be 93 in, in five years. He means today, now I am 93 years old. So Rashi says, Today, my days and my years, they have become full. They have come to completion. Meaning, on this day I was born, meaning I was born on this particular day, in this particular month, and on this day I'm going to die. There's a lot, to, a lot that, that can be said about this. What, what, what is so, what's important? Why is it noteworthy that Moshe Rabbeinu was, uh, according to our tradition, he was Nifter on Zion Adar on the seventh day of the month of Adar. And now we're learning that he was also born on that same day. Why is that an issue? Why is that, uh, why is that a significant? Okay, that's a separate question. But we see here that Meshur Rabbeinu, following this very short speech of Atem Nitzavim, he then said to the people that today, I am 120 years old, which means that's it. That's as old as I'm ever going to get. I'm dying today. So what do we see? That Atem Nitzavim, also, when it says Hayyim, when it says this same word Hayyim, we can assume that it has the same meaning, that it means today, the day that I am going to die. I'm coming to you on my final day. So that's how Rashi knew that it was Biyayim Maisai, because this extra word, Hayyim, is hinting to us to another word, Hayyim, which comes just a little bit later in the, in the order of the Psukim. And since there in Parshish Vyeva, Hayyim means the day that I die, so here also it means 
Vaishnavena means the day that he is going to die. Okay, question one is answered according to the Mizrahi. That's how Rashi knew that Hayyim, that's how Rashi knew that this speech that Moshe Rabbeinu is giving here was given on the day that he died. How does that explain why Rashi refers to this approach as Shute Shal Parsha? So I think the point is, usually, uh, we, we, when I say we, I mean I, and really when you look at all of the, the classical commentaries on Rashi, they always try to show that what Rashi is saying is implicit in the Pasuk that's right in front of him, or maybe the very next Pasuk. But we always try to show that you don't have to know this and that Gemara to understand Rashi, and you don't have to, you don't have to know the Kola Tarakula in order to understand Rashi. Usually what Rashi is saying is implicit in the Pasuk in front of him, and therefore it's called Shutai Shalmikra. It is the simple meaning of that verse, of that Pasuk. But here, how did Rashi know that Hayyayim means Yayim Maisai? He only knew it from a Pasuk that's a little bit later, but it's in the Parsha, essentially in the same section of text. It's in the same weekly Parsha when the two Parshas are read together. And even if you're not, not going to be concerned with the order in which we, uh, the way that we divide up the Torah to read it on different weeks, I mean, that's not the Arisa. And in, in, in different times, it was done a little bit differently in different communities. But still, you can certainly say that from, be, from the beginning of Parshas Nitzavim to the beginning of, of Vayelech, it's one Parsha. And even thematically, it's one Parsha. They didn't, nothing happened. All that happened, the only thing, nothing happens in Parshas Nitzavim, meaning it's just a speech that Moshe Rabbeinu gives. Then he finishes the speech, and then it says, Vayelech Moshe. He went and he spoke a little more. It's a Ramban who talks about why it says Vayelech. Says that he took leave of the people in their grand uh, joint conference. The people dispersed, and then he, Moshe Rabbeinu, went to each shevet. But it, it all happened in one day. So Rashi refers to this not as Pshuta Shal Mikra. It's perhaps not the simple meaning of this pasuk itself. Meaning, looking at this pasuk itself, Rashi could not have known that this took place beyond Moshe. But looking at the parsha looking at a slightly larger unit of text, Rashi knew what it meant. So this is called Shutai Shalparsha. Okay, so we have answered question A and B. We have provided an answer. Of course, there could always be other answers. What about question C? Question C was about Rashi's second approach, which is this Midrash Agoda that raises the question, why does this Parsha of Nitzavim follow immediately after the Klolois, after all of the curses in Parsha's uh, Kisavai? And the answer is, because Klal Yisrael heard those 98 curses, which were in addition to the 50, 49 curses in Sefer Vayikra, and they were despondent. They didn't know how they could continue. So Moshe Rabbeinu came to them, and he said, Atem Nitzavim Hayat. You're standing here today. You're still here. Now, the question is, Rashi Bukhira didn't necessarily have to change the meaning of the word Hayyayim. 
he could have said, you're standing here on this day that I am going to die. Meaning, I've been with you a long time. I've been with you 40 years. And really, uh, maybe even a few of you are left over since I was born uh, many, many years before, back in Mitzrayim. I've known you a long time. It's a long time. And you, you've, uh, you've angered a Kodesh many times. You're not exactly the greatest Sadiqim. And yet you're still here. But Rashi changes the meaning of Hayat to the phrase Hayat. Why does he do that? Well, I think the reason he does it is because really both explanations, both interpretations that Rashi is giving, they are really primarily based on the question, what does the word Hayat mean? I would like to propose that really that's what Rashi's first shot is, is Pshutayshul Parsha. Is really all about what it means, Hayyim. And his Midrash of Goda is also primarily the reason that he introduces it is because he wants to say another explanation of what it means, Hayyim. Why might he have wanted to say another explanation? Well, the first explanation is, in a certain sense, it does have a weakness because it is not exactly implicit in this Pasuk. And Rashi's aim really is always to explain each Pasuk according to what is implicit from it itself without referencing later Pesukim. Here he, he had to do that according to the first shot. He had to go to the beginning of Parshas Vayelech and he had to say, well, Nitzavim and Yelech, Vayelech, they go together and it's really thematically one unit and therefore uh, I, can, uh, I can derive the meaning of, what it, of, of this Pesuk in Nitzavim based on what it says a little bit later in Vayelech. That's okay, but there's, there's a weakness there. There's a little, there's a little better kabayas. When there was a little crack in a stone in the base of Mikdash, they would right away repair it. They had special funds to repair it. it there's a little something there that, that, that could, uh, could become a bigger problem. It's not 100% ironclad, this shot. And therefore, Rashi is, was looking for another explanation. What does it mean, Hayyai? He found it in the Midrash. Of course, the Midrash, you have to present the whole, the whole idea. But the Midrash, the, the Nakuda, the real point that Rashi wants from the Midrash is that the Midrash says, Hayyim means Kayyim. You are standing here like the day, meaning you're still shining like the sunlight. And even though similar to the sunlight, you sometimes get dark, sometimes the lights go out, but the lights always go back on. You have a, a bright future in front of you. How does that fit in? So it fits in because they were very despondent about all the curses they, that they had heard. So Meshir Rabbeinu said, Atem Nitzavim Hayyim. The main word here is Hayyim. And the main point is, is that the Midrash gives a new interpretation of the word Hayyim. The Midrash says it means Kayyim Hazeh. You are, you are standing here and you are still shining brightly like the daytime, like the sun. What about question number four? Question number four was about Rashi's Dover Acher. Rashi concludes with a third explanation. He says, Klal Yisrael was leaving the, the uh, guidance of one leader, Moshe Rabbeinu, and entering in under the guidance uh, of Yeshua. And therefore, Asa Oysa Matseva, he made them into a matseva. He was atem nitzavim. He had them all stand together. 
in order to encourage them and to, uh, to tell them that uh, they have to behave. And similarly, Yeshua did this when he left Klai Yisrael, and similarly, Shmuel did this when he handed over the leadership to Shoal. I think here also, Rashi's main intent is, is to give a new interpretation to the word Hayyan. His first explanation of the word Hayyan had a certain weakness because it relied upon later psukah. His second explanation of Hayyan has a certain weakness. It's very homiletical. You're really changing the meaning of the word. Hayyan is Kayyan. Well, but, but then it should have said Kayyan. His third explanation of the meaning Hayyan is, in some ways, uh, it, it avoids those problems. We know from, from, from Parshish Nitzavim, we know from uh, just a few psukim later, that we are, that Moshe Rabbeinu here was discussing uh, the, uh, the transfer of leadership from himself to Yeshua. Doesn't take long until we get that, until we get to that point. All right, he warns them about doing a Vajazara, says it's going to be very terrible. If you, if you uh, do idolatry, and then okay, he talks about doing tshuva. Okay, I mean, this is all one, one speech. Then what's the next thing that he talks about? Heck, well, <laughs> it's really, it's really not better in that respect because he doesn't start talking about Yeshua until Parshas Vayelach. I mean, it's really just a few psukim ahead of us, but uh, he really does not talk about Yeshua unless I'm missing something until. Okay, but he's reinterpreting the word Hayyim. What is the meaning of Hayyim according to this Dabarach here? Hayyim, that I am handing over the leadership to Yeshua. I am gathering you here today and I am giving you a, a very relevant and important Musashmus, a very important Sichat Musar. So we see here that there are three interpretations, according to Rashi, of the word Hayyim. Hayyim can mean Hayyim, the day that I, Moshe Rabbeinu, am leaving this world. Hayyim can mean that you, Klai Yisrael, are still alive and kicking, and you are shining like the sun, despite everything that you have done wrong, and despite all of the dire warnings about what will happen if you misbehave, but you're still here, and you're still going to be here. And the third explanation is Hayyim, that I am gathering you here today because I am about to hand off the leadership to Yahushua. I'd like to go back to the Midrash Agada that Rashi quotes and just discuss one point a little bit in depth. Rashi says that although you have angered HaKadosh Baruch Hu, 
but he has not destroyed you and you are still shining like the sun. Okay. Now he says, and even the curses and the, and the punishments, they are you, they are giving you existence. And they are allowing you, they are giving you the, the, the energy and the ability to stand up in front of a Kodesh Borah. Let's take a look at this one sentence. If you look at this sentence, there seem to be a lot of extra words. Rashi says, the curses and the punishments. Well, that, that seems to be the same thing. What punishments are we talking about? We're talking about the punishments that are in the Klobais, that are in the curses, in Parshish Kisobai and in Parshish side. And then Rashi says, these Klobais and these curses are Mekaimeneschem, they, they, they allow you to exist, cause you to exist, and Metsivaneschem, and they allow you or cause you to stand up. What's the difference between those two? Lekayim, Lahatsiv seem to essentially be synonyms. So for a person who was so stingy with his words like Rashi, this is a lot of words. These questions are raised by the author of Maskevudovin. He gives a very interesting and, and, and a very, I think a very solid answer. He says that the, the teichachas, the, the rebukes that are written in Parshas Kisavai and also in Parshas Bechukai they have two benefits. We normally think of them as something very, very scary. When we read them in Shul, the, the, the Balkaira reads them softly. He doesn't want to scare people too much. doesn't want to be ma'orer. He doesn't want to wake up the, the powers on high that might activate these curses. But really, they have a great benefit. They have two benefits, explains Maskeladov. First of all, when we hear the Klobites, when we hear of the terrible consequences that might occur if we don't behave, it has the effect on us that we behave. We try, we try to be better because we, we don't want those things to happen. He says that's what's called clomus. That's the curse. You hear that curse, if you don't behave, blah, 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 it's going to be horrible. And so what do you do? You, you try to do, you try to act better. What is the, what is the ultimate the benefit of that, what, what, what happens when you act better? The curses end up being they allow you to continue to exist because uh, you, you behave uh, at least reasonably well and a Kodesh Baruch allows you to exist. There's another benefit that the Klobos have. Not Klobos, there's another benefit that the Tzorchachos have. What is that? That the, that the that these teichachos are not only klolos, but they are also yisur. Meaning they are not only threats. If you do this, if you act this in this way, I'm going to knock you over the head and, and uh, this and that. But they are actually yisurin. Uh, they, they sometimes happen. One only has to read a little bit of Jewish history to know that they have happened. So they are yisurin. They are punishments. What is the effect of the punishments? The effect of the punishments is Punishments are mechaper. They atone for sin. Of course, the best thing is not to sin in the first place. Or if you can't, if you can't help that, when you sin, you should then do tshuva and, and erase the sin in that way. But if that's not possible, or if you're, for whatever reason, you fail to do that, there's still a third possibility. 
and that is the punishments will occur, the Yisurim will come, the suffering will happen, but the suffering is an atonement. And that's what Rashi means. There are Yisurim, and the Yisurim are mitzivim eschem lifanov. They allow you to stand up in front of a Kodesh Baruch. They at least bring you back to your previous state. Really, the, the, the sins could destroy you completely. But a Kodesh Baruch gives you Yisurim. You're not looking for this, but, but sometimes it's necessary. Kodesh Baruch punishes us, and that allows us to continue. That expiates the sin, and then we may continue to, to exist and to try to improve, try to be better next time. Obviously, this, these are important messages as we approach Rosh Hashanah. We are preferably, we would like to do tshuva, but preferably we would like to not get in trouble in the first place. We would like to, to behave properly. And then none of this will happen. If we, uh, and preferably we should look at the Teichachais in Parshish Kisavai and in Parshish uh, and we should look at them as Klolais, as curses that could potentially happen to us, and we will stop sinning. We will behave much better. That's where we should be afraid of that. If Chas V'Sholem, we have fallen into the trap, First of all, we can do tshuva. That's not exactly hinted at in this, these, this particular Rashi, but we can do tshuva. And even if our tshuva falls short, or even if chas v'sholem, we've done a virus that are so serious that even tshuva does not completely erase the sin, but there is such a thing called isurin. Hopefully not much. Hopefully, hopefully there'll be a big midas arachamim in the isurin, little small isurin. The Gemara says if a penny falls out of someone's pocket and if a person sticks his hand into his pocket to get a coin and he finds there's nothing there, that's also a form of Yisura. That could also be Mechapet. That could also be an atonement for a sin. So that's also a possibility. And we are looking for Kiyom and we're looking for something to be Metziv Osano. We're looking for things to, to stand us up healthy and, and happy and ready to serve a Kodesh Baruch.